Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world, you're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about conversations in your staff room and who does the learning. Check out the social streams for more. This week, I wanted to ask about the way your school uses technology with your little learners. As a parent of a three and a seven-year-old, I often think about the appropriate age for tech use. What happens in your school? And if you're an early years educator, how much is too much? Please share with me your ideas and thoughts via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Little Bird Tales. Little Bird Tales is a storytelling and e-learning tool that can be implemented in hundreds of ways, and it's great for kids of all ages, even for children who can't read and write. Little Bird Tales was created to help nurture children's creativity and imagination while simultaneously creating one-of-a-kind digital stories that can easily be shared. The site is simple and engaging and makes the process easy and fun for students and teachers. Little Bird Lessons has opened up new possibilities in the classroom, giving educators and students a truly interactive experience with options like listening to verbal instructions, voice reading, voice recording, verbal responses, drawings, importing images, and writing using a keyboard. The site is dedicated to providing a safe web environment for children, free of advertising and links to other sites, and they provide parents and teachers with green alternatives to how they collaborate, share, and distribute stories and lessons. I highly recommend that you take a look at littlebirdtales.com. The link is in the description below. Last week, we talked about meetings and engagement in your learning as a teacher. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about technology in the early years. Because you're about to listen to an amazing conversation with early years rock stars Christine and Jessica, I wanted to focus in on some data and research in the early years in the space of technology. In my last role, as a tech director in a large American international school here in Singapore, one of the most common questions from parents was about screen time. Parents always wanted to know what students are doing on devices, why they're doing it, and how they can help. Often, questions came up about screen time at home and how they can do a better job of managing it as a parent. Having strategies in place as a school is critical to successfully supporting parents in this space. Listening and having answers when they arise is what we need to have in our toolkit and ensuring that we have the data to back up what we do and why we do it. In April 2020, the American Academy of Pediatrics, or AAP, released some data about screen time use in our children. AAP calls for no screen time at all for children until 18 to 24 months except for video chatting, 
and says kids aged two to five should get an hour or less of screen time a day. They cite that for parents in schools, the focus should not purely be on the quantity of time spent on devices, but should be more on the quality of what the screen time is. AAP has also developed the Family Media Use Plan for older kids, in which parents and children can negotiate limits and boundaries around screen usage. If you're interested in learning more, check out the link to the research in the description below. In its guidelines on physical activity, sedentary behavior, and sleep for young children, the World Health Organization similarly recommends no screens for kids under two and less than an hour a day for kids two to five. Overwhelming research in this space. Even more important than with older learners is the focus on justifying technology use with a solid why. It's more important than ever for any technology integrated to add significant value to the learning experience with our little learners. I think of things like video experiences, language learning, speaking and listening, and robots like Bebots to identify numbers and letters as manipulatives. As I think about the early years classroom and the critical nature for play, I actively promote less tech and more play. As a tech guy myself, I'm all about the use of it, but only when and where it's adding significant value. With young learners, robotics tools, light kits, and other manipulatives is what I like to see, rather than iPads or devices that promote sedentary behaviors. Active learning for me is where I like to see the use of technology in early years, and we're going to learn a little bit more about that from Christine and Jessica shortly. I've also shared a link to their EduSpark course titled A Meaningful Start to Tech Integration for Littles. It's an amazing insight to learning with technology for young learners, and I encourage you to jump on and explore this and many other programs that are on EduSpark to support your development in this space. I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Christine Pinto and Jessica Labartumi. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Christine Pinto and Jessica Toomey, who you may know as the team behind at Innovating Play on Twitter. Christine, Jessica, and I have been connected online for a long time, and I'm constantly in awe of the work that they do and the inspiration that they share. Christine, known as at PintoBeans11 on Twitter, and Jessica, known as JLABAR2Me on Twitter, have joined forces and are the authors of the book, Innovating Play, and the creators of some incredible courses at eduspark.world. Christine and Jessica, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely. We absolutely are. Awesome. Let's go for it. Why don't you start by telling us your current roles and what inspires you both to do what you do? Christine, let's start with you and Jessica, you can follow on from here. Sounds good. So I'm Christine Pinto and I'm here with my collaborating teacher partner, Jessica Toomey. We both teach kindergarten on opposite sides of the United States. I'm located in California and Jessica is in New Jersey. Our classes connect on a daily year-long basis through rituals and special projects. We highlight a lot about our collaboration in our innovating playbook. 
I'd say a lot of our inspiration is stemmed from our collaboration with us and our classes. Would you agree, Jessica? Absolutely. What really inspires us is the idea of possibilities. Our work together is based on the idea that teachers and children can work together to discover limitless possibilities for learning. And when we provide opportunities that help children to see the world through different lenses, and we enter into learning alongside them with curiosity and wonder, then we open up new paths to discovery. Every experience that Christine and I create together has been developed from an an observation or a need or a sense of curiosity and excitement from both the two of us and the children that we work with that inspires us to really reimagine learning and playing together. And, you know, you've both summarized this so well because that's the exact energy you bring uh, online. And, you know, that's how we connected and engaged for EduSpark. And that's, you know, why I keep coming back to wanting to know more and more from you as well, because you don't just deliver on that promise uh, that you've talked about, but you go above and beyond that and you share that to the world. So a massive round of applause, a shout out, you know, anyone that can work with kindergarten kids and still have the energy to burn (laughs) at the end of the day, I give a massive (laughs) round of applause to So thank you for your energy. I I really appreciate it. Thank you. You've both been in the field of early childhood education now for a long time, and you collaborate frequently, as you've mentioned. Tell us a little bit about the power of collaboration between your classes and how it actually works. Sure. So our collaboration is asynchronous and happens daily through our rituals and shared digital spaces. So one ritual that we do is from Conscious Discipline, and it's called the Wishy Well. And we share a Google drawing that has a heart in the middle and text boxes of our students' names on both sides of the heart. So when our students are absent, their name goes inside the heart, and we send them well wishes through a special song. So this is one way our classes check in and see who is at school and who's not. We also share a Google spreadsheet and keep track of our days of school together. So this opens up opportunities for our kids to compare numbers. The ritual where our kids get to see each other is through our weather reporting experience, and that takes place in Flipgrid. So showing up each day and engaging consistently in these digital spaces contributes to that special feeling that we and the kids feel through our collaboration. Yeah, so, so cool. And, you know, I was thinking just before jumping on to record this is uh, I want to see this in action. I love to sort of see what you guys do because it just sounds so exciting. uh, And it sort of gets me energized about wanting to be back in the classroom again and doing those things. So, uh, you know, the, the energy that you're sharing here is definitely coming across. You know, Jessica, a lot of early childhood teachers don't believe that technology has a place in their classrooms. What's your response to this? So the way that we approach it is to really see the key of using technology with young children as placing the experience at the forefront. We always consider the learning goal or the learning experience that we want to provide before deciding which tech tool we're going to build from. And that includes whether or not the tech part is even necessary. There have been times that we started an experience and realized that tech is not appropriate for that. And so we put it to the side. Teachers really need to remember that technology isn't meant to replace an experience. It's meant to help reimagine it by providing another way to visualize or connect or synthesize or create. So we still want to give our kids the blocks and the paint and the paper books and the Play-Doh and the open-ended play tools and toys, 
alongside technology in different forms. And we do this so that kids have options for experiencing learning and creating. We also recognize the power of technology to provide an authentic audience and connection that highlights the importance of their learning as it moves beyond the classroom. And in this way, technology can provide purpose and it allows the children to see their value as creators and contributors to their own learning. Yeah, really well summarized, Jessica. I really like that. And I think that you know anyone that's listening here today that is either an early childhood teacher themselves or you know, passionate about play um, and wonders how and why technology could have a place inside their classroom or learning space, I'd encourage you to reach out uh, to both Jessica and Christine on this because they've got so much to share and also jump into their book. The link to that is in the podcast notes as well. And Christine, uh, tell us a little bit about your Twitter chats, a little nice segue into that now. How can we connect into that? Sure. So the Innovating Play chat is currently taking place on the second and fourth Saturday of each month. They are a half an hour with three questions, and it takes place at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Topics are geared towards early childhood education. Uh, The chat takes place on the Innovating Play hashtag. And right now, we have members of our lovely community who have stepped up to moderate with us and have brought topics and questions that they want to discuss with early childhood educators. We hope you come to play. Yeah, I love it. Let's, uh, I, I would love to uh, jump into that as well. So make sure you tag me uh, in the next chat. I'd, I'd love to be involved. That's the evening time for me. And it's, uh, it could be good timing to get my brain going a bit crazy before bedtime, uh, <laughs> which I always love. So yeah, definitely tag me in. Now, you guys are the co-authors of your book, Innovating Play. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and why you wrote it? and why we should engage with it. Sure. Well, Christine's first book, Google Apps for Littles, which she wrote with Alex Keeler, focuses on believing in what children can do with technology. So when Christine and I wrote Innovating Play together, we decided we needed to put out a book that was really meant to help teachers imagine possibilities that provide context for the tech within the learning experiences. So Innovating Play introduces how we use the Innovating Play cycle which is moving through the stages of connection, wonder, play, and discovery to create a flow for learning and playing. And through this process, we build learning opportunities that we weave into te- we weave tech into through routines and rituals, as well as an emergent curriculum in ways that are playful and really relevant to the lives of children. So in the book, we share ways that this can happen in individual classrooms, and we share the ways that a consistent collaboration between classes in different locations like we have can create a foundation with, which represents technology and humanity as a connected experience where we're highlighting relationships that lie behind the technology. Yeah, it's pretty inspiring. And, you know, I think the the messages that you've just shared now are relevant to so many. And I can see that, you know, a lot of our listeners are going to want to jump into that as well. So if you're interested, see the links in the podcast notes and jump on and, and have an explore. You've also co-authored a course at eduspark.world. Tell us a little bit about why you chose to engage with EduSpark and what we can expect to learn within this space. 
Sure. Well, EdgeSpark really appealed to us because of the value it places on global learning and community. And one of the foundations of our experience as collaborating educators is that we expand possibilities when we work beyond the limits of our classroom. So EdgeSpark embraces the culture of learning that we seek to establish between our kindergarten classes each day. So we know the kind of five-year-old version of this type of connection, and we're really excited to explore what this feels like in the EdgeSpark setting with educators around the globe. So the first course that we built is called A Meaningful Start to Tech Integration for Littles, which is focusing on Google login and intro activities. It's truly an awesome blend of Gap for Littles and Innovating Play. So in this program, educators will get ideas for using Google Slides to facilitate emergent literacy experiences while exposing children to Google login procedures. They'll also understand how littles can create and explore within Google Slides and Google Sheets. So we cover topics such as defining technology with littles, organizing devices, supporting learners with login, providing connected hands-on experiences to complement the tech integration, setting up Google Classroom, and assigning activities that we give to those who sign up for our course. Yeah, that's amazing. And I've had the pleasure of seeing this being developed uh, and hard work that you guys have put in the back end to make it a reality. And, uh, you know, if I was an early childhood educator or someone passionate about play and trying to figure out how to use technology with my littles, I'd be wanting to jump on it. So, you know, not only am I inspired by both of you, but I'm inspired by what you've put together as well. So if you're listening and you are either an early childhood educator yourself, you're passionate about play, or you are connected to someone that is, make sure you send them uh, to the link that's in the podcast notes below so they can take advantage of Christine and Jessica's amazing work. Let's do a few quick fire questions now as we wrap up our conversation together. The first thing that comes to your head and maybe a really brief why, what is your hashtag one word for 2021. Okay, I'm going to jump in for us on this one. And I'm going to say that our word is curiosity, because it really helps us to act with intention, whether we're listening or creating or sharing, doing anything with curiosity means that you are open to growth and discovery. I love that, Jessica. It's a, it's a really, really, really important one at the moment, I think as well. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Oh, I'm going to jump in for this one too. <laughs> um, the source that keeps us most grounded as we develop our work and what we turn to over and over again is the position statement for technology and interactive media that was developed by the NAEYC and the Fred Rogers Center. And it highlights the expectations and guidelines for developmentally appropriate use of technology along with supporting research. So we try to ensure that everything we offer is in alignment with the guiding principles that they present in that statement. Okay, that's really, really cool. I'll make sure the link to that is in the podcast notes as well. Yes. Thanks for sharing that. What's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? I'm going to take that one. Uh, Google Apps for sure. Uh, they offer everything that you need for organization and productivity and efficiency when working digitally. They contribute significantly to the facilitation of learning that takes place in our classroom. I love it. Thanks, Christine. What's one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress, and succeed in your career? Okay, I'm going to share on this one because this is actually something that I think Christine and I do individually and together. And our practice is intentionally finding evidence of joyful classroom moments 
even on the hardest days, because they're always there. So noticing them helps to keep us grounded and focused by putting our energy energy into that positive space. I really love that, Jessica. I really, really do. Because, you know, as a teacher, as a leader, as someone that works in schools, uh, I think we find ourselves just being exhausted sometimes. You know, every day is hard. And at the moment, every day is even harder. And I think finding those joyful moments that you summarize is just something so simple, but something that we often forget. So thanks for bringing it up and bringing it to our attention. And, you know, as we come to the end of sort of our discussion and our, and our time together here today, I'd love for you to share one of your favorite education-focused quotes. So our quote that we are going to share together is actually from Fred Rogers, and it's this one. The best teacher in the world is someone who loves what he or she does and just loves it in front of you. Because when we let children see our joy in teaching and learning, they can feel the ways in which they are the source of that joy. So simply loving what we do in front of them shows them that their process and their experience and their being has value. Yeah, amazing. And you've shared so much in here, Jessica and Christine, that I know the listeners are going to want to connect with you and learn a little bit more. What's the best way for them to follow and connect with you both? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the at Innovating Play username. Uh, our individual accounts on Twitter are Pinto Beans with a Z11. That's me. And Jessica is JLabar2, like the number two, me. Uh, we blog on innovatingplay.world where you can subscribe to have our most current blog posts sent to you along with emails of resources and upcoming Innovating Play opportunities. Our books, Innovating Play and Google Apps for Littles are also available on Amazon. And those hold such a cohesive and sequential space for our ideas. And both are filled with tons of resources. Jessica and Christine, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Craig. You're so welcome. Next week, join me for episode 72 of the Ignite EdTech podcast when I'm joined by the amazing Brian Carpenter. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully following the Ignite EdTech podcast. Last episode, I gave away a seat in the EduSpark professional learning portal valued at $200 for one year of unlimited learning at eduspark.world. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and it is Stefan Jigoro. Congratulations, Stefan. This week, I'm giving away another seat in the EduSpark professional learning portal. To win this prize, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to do. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 10th of November and the winner will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please smash that follow button and share it with your colleagues, friends and families. Please remember to spend two minutes to rate this podcast too so we can reach even more people and edtech enthusiasts globally. Please share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to ask me questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. 
and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.